Welcome, welcome. This is Cassandra Austin McDonald with the Grow Through It podcast, where I share my personal life experiences and the stories of others who have grown through life's ups and downs and came out on the other side. Listen in as you may become inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Grow Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald, and today I am just going to chat freely with you all. To be honest, I do not have a particular agenda or topic in mind as I am sharing with you all where I am right now on my particular journey It was my intention last week to give um, kind of a shout out to the mister in honor of our wedding anniversary, which was a week ago. And, um, you know, time got in the way as far as me recording it and then life and just processing what has been happening in this country here in the U.S., um, in the black community and just the overall climate of the the country right now. And so I said, you know what, now that I'm feeling a bit lighter, I don't even know if that's the right word, lighter, but I'm feeling some reprieve. And so I think this is a good time to share where, where I'm at. And I'll lead with what we did for our wedding anniversary and just kind of share my thoughts on how I'm processing the current events um, here here in the U.S. So first and foremost, uh, the mister and I had a quarantine wedding anniversary, <laughs> if that's what you want to call it, because um, because of what's going on right now, social distancing, right? And, and coronavirus, the COVID-19, all that jazz. So we did something really special and we drove to the destination where we got married. And ironically, we, we got married in the state of Florida, which is, which is funny because I think deep down, I knew we were ultimately going to end up here anyway. We had been talking about it and It was a desire for me. And so the fact that we were able to go and drive to the place where we got married, it was an outdoor botanical garden, beautiful, beautiful destination. And walk through there, um, go under the pavilion where we said I do, and just really reconnect and remind ourselves of our why. Because sometimes when turbulence is happening in life and challenges arise, you have to remind yourself of your why. And that goes for anything, not just relationships or lifelong commitments uh, such as marriage. But with, with anything that you're working toward in life, challenges and setbacks are going to come. It's, it's just a part of life. And being able to connect with your why will really help to connect you back to your mission and why you're doing what you're doing. Because when those challenges and setbacks and disappointments show up, 
It's so easy to say I'm throwing in the towel and I'm done and I quit and I give up. That's the easy thing to do. The challenging thing to do is to lean into the discomfort, to lean in to what does not feel good and to challenge yourself to grow through that, get to the other side with more wisdom, with more strength, with more knowledge, whatever it is, and then take that to whatever it is you're working toward, your relationship, your business, your life, your personal growth and development, um, whatever area it is and make it better. So to me, that's really what our life partnership is all about. And the reason why I keep using words like partnership and lifelong commitments, um, because I have some personal thoughts on marriage. (laughs) Um, Nothing wrong with marriage. Obviously, I'm married, but it's the wording and some of the connotations that go along with it. And I I try to view what we have more as a partnership um, because that's what it feels more like to me. And so I I just that feels better for me to use that that wording. But uh, to be honest with you all, I was even feeling a disconnect between me and the mister because I have you guys. 2020 has been a hell of a year. Hellish, horrid, horrendous. I mean, my God, what the heck is going on, right? And I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I came into 2020 guns blazing. We had just relocated here um, down to Florida. I made a leap of faith, quit my day job in a career I was in for nearly 12 years. and said, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going for it for this entrepreneurial world. Um, I had set some foundations up and felt pretty confident in that. And then y'all, I'm telling you, life came and smacked me upside the head. Like, whoo, <laughs> I'm laughing now because I know this is a part of the journey. And I know that all that I experienced, the challenges, the setbacks, the discouragement, everything will work out for my good. I know that because it always has and always will. But when you're in the middle of it, y'all, it surely doesn't feel good. I'm just going to keep it real. It does not feel good at all. And I have always had to really have to practice not escaping my pain and to challenge myself to lean into it because my pattern due to trauma is to escape pain. And so it is, it has really challenged me to practice what I preach and teach to my community, to my clients, to my students, um, and to really level up in my own personal growth journey with my mindset. And it has been one heck of a ride. I'll tell you that. And so Uh, Because I have been experiencing so many things, you guys, so many things, this episode is just not the time to unravel all of it, but it has been a year and I believe that it is book worthy. Um, I'm supposed to be writing book two right now. And I just think because I have experienced within the last six months alone and the last year and a half, so many different shifts, so many different revelations, so many different life changes. I'm, I'm 
seeking divine guidance on the direction I should take because I don't want to be one of those that I'm just pumping books out for the sake of it. I really am big on being intentional, serving a purpose, making sure things are clear. And so um, I will keep you guys abreast on that particular journey. But all that to say, um, me growing through some life challenges was kind of creating um, some disconnect in my relationship with the mister because I was experiencing some episodes And when I say episodes, for those who do not know, I suffer from complex post-traumatic stress response. Now, instead of saying PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, I personally am working hard on reframing the language. There has been a lot of thought leaders um, and experts in the industry when it comes to mental health and brain health who have been challenging all of us to reframe the language that we use around it. And so I am practicing doing my part because I have noticed that by reframing the language, it does help to lift the shame. So that is why I'm calling it post-traumatic stress response instead of disorder for those of you who may be wondering. And when I'm referring to episodes, um, what I mean is depressive episodes or um, anxiety episodes and Typically when I'm experiencing those, um, isolation is a big component of it and withdrawing. And those who have either never experienced um, depression or anxiety or um, trauma response, um, trauma response um, episodes, they don't understand it. They don't understand it. And I've actually, you guys, have had a lot of, I don't want to say a lot because I don't want to exaggerate, but I've had friendships dissolve because of this, where they thought I was acting funny. They thought I was um, being something that I'm not and not who I am, but that they would eventually um, just kind of not want to be friends. <laughs> to put it lightly and they kind of made it about them not and I would and I'm honest with people you know I'm transparent I'm honest I share with people when I'm in an episode um I just think people don't understand it and you guys when you're in an episode that's really deep dark and heavy and you guys I have had some of the worst episodes these last couple months that I've had in the last 10 years just to paint a picture for you of how bad it's been and um when people don't understand it, they tend to do a few things. They tend to judge because when people don't understand the default setting is judgment. The opposite of that is trying to seek understanding. But I, I think people struggle with that because when you seek understanding, it means that you have to put your own opinions and judgments to the side and hold space for someone and understand what life is like from their perspective and their view and their shoes. And a lot of people struggle to do that. Um, And another thing that people do is they withdraw because if it's going to make them feel uncomfortable or if it's going to challenge their beliefs, typically people withdraw because it can feel uncomfortable to have to sit with someone else in the midst of their pain or to have to hold space for them or try to understand them 
when it's not natural or innate for that person to do so. And so all that to say, um, battling with that has made my life much more complicated than I would like. It has, um, caused me to feel alone many times in my relationships. Um, even though I've been transparent now, don't get me wrong. I have, I do have some very amazing supportive friends who, um, they're there, they know how to hold space. And I'm not saying I'm expecting everyone to hold space. I've learned that that is not a healthy expectation, but what I do have a problem with is when people don't seek to understand and that does bother me and it's very hurtful. So all that to say the mister and I had, um, a disconnect, not because of anything he did, but because I was, I was in isolation from my episodes And what happens is, is it's hard to connect with people when you are feeling so dark. And so, um, us going and being able to go to where we got married, reconnect with our why it was just a really beautiful experience. Um, being out in nature, nature is such a great healing space to be in and it really helps to lift your mood. I really think every physician, every psychiatrist and psychologist should prescribe that to anyone battling with depression. Just go take a walk in nature every day. It, it really helps. I'm telling you, fresh air, deep breaths, God's creation. It, it does wonders. It really does. So we spent time doing that. That was wonderful. Then we came back home and the mister, um, he had some fresh coconuts that he cut open. For those of you who don't know, the mister is a Jamaican native. So I call him Jamaican because he has been here for more than half of his life now um, in the States because his parents came here when he was a kid. So I call him Jamaican because he he was born and raised in Jamaica, but then came here later, graduated from high school, went to college, all that jazz. So he still has a lot of his... Um, native roots and ways to him. And I love it. And so he kind of brought the island to our home and cut some fresh coconuts and we drank coconut water. And he showed me how to scrape the coconut meat out of the coconut. And we talked about making coconut milk and what that process looks like. And so it was really a good time. And we spent some quality time together. And it goes to show too, that you don't have to do all this expensive, fancy stuff to spend quality time with the one that you love. You really don't. It really just is about you being creative, using your imagination and just connecting with that person. So it was um, a great reminder for me even, you know, cause sometimes on those types of days is when, especially women, we want to do something nice and, and we didn't have to do any of that. And we had a really great time. So it, it really, um, it really was, a nice moment to reconnect. It was really perfect. And I, and I'm grateful for that. Now shifting gears here, you guys, when it comes to the climate, I know I'm talking about a lot, y'all. Let me take a deep breath. Will you take a deep breath with me? Cause I know I just, I, I, I'm talking about a lot. I'm talking about a lot of subjects today, all the things. Maybe that's what the title of today's episode is going to be, all the things. Um, But you guys, I'm struggling to find the words to adequately describe 
how I feel, what I see, what I observe, and what I've personally experienced as a woman in this country who has, um, you know, those of you who know, I'm, I'm biracial. My dad is black. My mom is white. But I, I, I don't want you to think that that means that I have not experienced racial injustice. I'm trying to give me a moment. Oh, guys. This is really hard for me. Um, my first experience as a black woman when it comes to being racially discriminated against, it, it was not in a school. It was not outside somewhere in a community. It was in my home. by the very person who was supposed to love me and protect me and build my self-esteem up and pour into me. And this is why this is so hard for me to talk about it because in order to be transparent and vulnerable and share my truth, it means I have to share all of my truth. And that means I have to share that I have experienced it from my mom and her side of the family. <sighs> that is a pain that I cannot put into words. I have no words. Um, I have done a lot of therapy and deep healing work to learn how to love myself. And the skin I'm in, the texture of my hair, because of how I was made to feel for how I look ever since I was a little girl. And my mom always made a point to point it out. For those who don't know me personally, I am the oldest of three girls in my immediate family. My two younger sisters, um, we all three look very different. Even though our traits look similarly, you could tell we're sisters, we all three look very different. And I was the one out of all three of us that people always said looked black, looked like the black child. You know, I have the thick, um, coarse hair I have, um, even though I'm light skinned, you know, my, my complexion and the melanin in my skin is, is different than my sister's. And so, um, it was always pointed out now, not overtly by 
the rest of my mom's side of the family. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that here in a bit, but by my mom. To the point where I remember when I was in the fourth grade, it was the fourth or fifth grade, and I begged my dad um, to put a perm in my hair because I hated my hair. I hated it, and I was taught to hate it. I was programmed to hate it. And reluctantly so, he did. I don't even know if he knows why I hated my hair. Um, but the the root of it was the way my mom talked about my hair. She would get very frustrated because she didn't know how to do my hair. And instead of being patient and kind and gentle and trying to learn how to do her biracial baby's hair, she would hit me with a comb or a brush and tell me that if my hair wasn't the way it was, that she would be able to do it. And then she would make comparisons that if my hair was more like my sister's who have um, a different texture hair than I do, that she could do my hair. And that her alone doing that, it created a lot within me. It, com it created self-hatred. Um, it created um, this struggle that I had had with comparing myself to others. And that, that was the root of it. And I'm sharing this with you all because um, I've done a lot. Like I said, I've done a lot of therapy and healing work around this. And so I feel I feel comfortable to just, you know, be vulnerable and transparent, but to share like the root of why I've had certain struggles and um, you know and then when it comes to her side of the family her mom my grandmother you know my dad always called my grandmother a racist and there were always remarks made um, by my grandmother very covert remarks um, about how blacks talk um, using colloquialisms, not speaking proper English. And I always had to correct her and you guys, <laughs> when it's in your own home, in your own family, I don't wish that on anyone. I don't wish that on anyone. You know, I was made to feel stupid by my mom. I have fought with imposter syndrome. Most of my life, I'm still working through imposter syndrome. Um, feelings of not being good enough. And so, um, when I went out into the world, into the workplace, I experienced it even more. Um, I spent most of my career in spaces that were white male dominated because I worked in the criminal justice system with juvenile and adult offenders doing crisis intervention and counseling. And so most of my career was spent um, around white males and white females. And I was always the minority. I was always passed up for promotions by people who were less qualified than I was. And I've experienced the anxiety 
of not just being pulled over, but passing a cop car and anxiety raising up within me because of fear of what if I do get pulled over, what's going to happen. And I'm just rehearsing in my mind all these experiences I've had. I remember when I was in high school, my guidance team told me that I would never amount to anything. <laughs> White man. Um, and I wasn't even a bad person. I wasn't a bad student. Um, I was a great athlete. I don't know why he told me that. I really don't understand it thinking back because I, I wasn't a bad What's and what's bad, right? What's bad? But I'm just saying that to provide context. It's not like I was a student that was always getting into trouble or failing. That was, it was the very opposite. And so right now, um, what's happening in the world is just causing me to reflect on what I've personally experienced. And what I feel happens when you do that is you can connect yourself to the greater mission and in doing so, I'm seeking divine guidance on my part. What is my part? Aside from what I already do when it comes to um, being a coach and a healer and helping people and holding space and teaching people, like, what is my part in moving the mission forward when it comes to black lives in this country? And so that is where I am. Um, I am really personally working hard on building my financial life to the next level so that I can use money as a tool. And that's one way that I would like to be able to contribute to moving the cause forward. Um, so and continuing to work on my personal growth and helping people in my community to do the same. But this is a very heavy time right now a very heavy time right now and I just want to encourage each and every single one of you whoever's listening to be encouraged by tapping into your own inner strength because we as a community we have a resiliency to us that is unmatched unmatched and I encourage you to tap into that I encourage you to go into solitude if you have to for a day disconnect from the media and social media get into solitude and seek divine guidance and wisdom on your part how you can contribute and help and if you are one of my white counterparts and you listen to this, I implore you to educate yourself on systematic oppression, on the history of black lives in this country, and really, truly, genuinely try to gain an understanding for what our experience has been. And then ask yourself what you can do to support us in this mission. Thank you for holding space for me to share my truth, to be transparent and vulnerable with you all. Um, 
I'm going to shed tears and I'm not going to be ashamed of it. And I'm not going to deny it because shedding tears is a part of being human. It's why God gave us tears. They're cleansing to the soul. And I'm not going to apologize for it. So until next time, you guys, peace, love, and blessings to you all. Season two of my eight-week online group coaching program is starting again on Monday, June 8th. The program comes with a digital workbook, pre-recorded trainings, live Q&A coaching calls, and an online private group for support and community. If you are interested in growing personally, evolving, and shedding some layers in this season of your life, I invite you to register now. You can do so by going to www.cassandraaustin.com forward slash T-A-L-G course. I will also post the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.